You're listening to a Red Bull podcast. Ballroom. It's a place where you battle it out against your opponent on the runway. It's so scary. From the evening until the early morning, opponents will walk, dance, dip, and move their bodies in ways you didn't think possible, using muscles you didn't even know existed. You always need a hype person, you know? Like, you always need this. There's always, like, one random person that just, like, lives for you. And, <laughs> and, that, and that's, no, that's kind of what gets you through, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. The audience watches from the edges, often peering up at the runway as music plays fast and hard. To see that and to, like, feel that energy that was so different from anything else I've ever kind of experienced. Yeah. The ballroom scene is thriving in Sydney, thanks in no small part to Benji Ra and her house. It's so scary. You know, like, it's like, it's a rush, it's, it's, it's amazing and it's like a rush, but it's like, it's a lot. These days, Benji Ra is more likely to be throwing the ball than walking it. She's mother to the House of Slay, a queer family of Pacific Islander and Asian trans people of colour here in Sydney. Because the whole idea about voguing is that you don't really follow the music. Like, you kind of, like, dance through the music. Right. You don't get kind of carried away and just kind of, ah. You kind of, like, have the ability to kind of control it. The performers move with this incredible mix of fluidity and sharp edges. The control they have over their bodies is mesmerising. The audience watch in awe, snapping fingers and yelling out support to their favourites. When you got the music going that's really intense and you got everybody, like, you know, yelling and screaming. You've got like judges that are looking deadpan at you. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, it's really hard not to freak out. I'm Al Grigg, and this is Red Bull's If These Walls Could Talk, a podcast about the venues, parties, and people that have shaped Sydney's nightlife. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the country on which we record and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. This season we focus on the LGBTQI party scene and one scene that is so much more than just a party is the ballroom scene. Historically, ballroom was an underground movement that started in New York in the 1970s. A big part of ballroom is the dance style, voguing. You could call Benji Ra the mother of ballroom and voguing in Sydney. Over the years, she's gone from organising mini balls to throwing Sissy Ball, a huge event run with Red Bull and Mardi Gras, where contestants battle it out on a runway in front of a massive audience. But at its core, every ball is the same. Okay, so the breakdown of a ball would be that it's based around categories. Each ball has multiple categories to compete in, like runway, pose, femme queen, realness, hands, face, which, as it sounds, you need to have an aesthetically pleasing face to compete in. So before a ball would happen, you might have a performance. You definitely have an LSS moment. So legend, statement and stars, which is basically a call out to any kind of like legend statement of star that is in the building and they just kind of get recognized. It's like kind of like our acknowledging of right. history that happens. Um, that's really, really fast. It's like one of my favorite moments in a ball. And then the categories would just start rolling and like, you know, there can be seven categories, there can be 15 categories. From there, the crowd and judges watch each contestant come out and perform. They're dressed in incredible outfits. It feels like you're at a fashion show. 
Everyone walking is the picture of seriousness. There's no smiles, just focused, model-like stares as they fight for their 10. So all of these kind of categories would um, they all have like their tens moment. So tens is uh, kind of like you go out by yourself and you have like 30 seconds to a minute to give something on the runway. So it could be just like your walk if it's just runway or it could be performance. And then yeah, every judge will give you a 10. But if it's if, if only one judge gives you a chop, then it's out for you. And if you don't have a chop, then you go on to kind of battles. And then after battles, the judges will pick either or until they get to like the last person. A tens and approval, basically, yeah. So like tens across the board. That's the kind of that's the, where the phrase comes from. If you get tens across the board, you can go through to the next round. You know, a girl will come up. She won't even make it up to the, like the stage. You know, like but they can just see her and they go like, no, it's a top already, and they be like, oh what? Like you know. It's, Oh, it happens, it happens, and yeah. Once the first round has gone through, it's time for the battles. Two or three contestants come out at a time and compete in different categories. If it's runway, they strike down the runway like fashion models. For hands, they remain seated on the stage and perform solely from their elbows up. For Femme Queen, it's all about those Vogue moves. Their goal is to impress the judges and beat their opponents. Music blasts through speakers with heavy beats and plenty of drops as one or two commentators jump on the mic, throwing praise, shade, and hyping up the crowd throughout the performances. A ball can run from 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. You know, like, it can go for a very long time because there's so, like, community is just growing, growing, growing. There's just a, more of a need for, like, more categories. Like, you know, girls want to walk. You know, just recently I saw, like, you know, they'd be having, like, a non-binary category. You know, like, non-binary drag performance or drag performance by a trans woman or drag performance by a cis woman. Like, it's like, right. everybody wants a moment. Yeah. So you have to, like, kind of like, cater for that now. Yeah. So it's really fab. Benji and her crew had only just started to build up the ballroom scene in Sydney when Red Bull approached her with an idea for a ballroom event for Mardi Gras. At that time, she'd been running a few small voguing events in the inner west of Sydney. We were having these mini balls at different events, like different parties. Say that we got invited to like perform at like some event or we would kind of do this like, when I was like, okay, we'll do a takeover now. And then we'd kind of like clear the floor and we're like, this is a mini ball. Yeah. And then we'll like throw these categories or something like that. But it wasn't really like a ball ball in that yeah. sense. Before attempting something huge like Sissy Ball for the massive Mardi Gras audience, Benji wanted to prove she could run a Vogue ball for the community. That first ball was called Can I Live? And that was a fundraiser. Most of the balls are always fundraisers. That was a fundraiser because some of the girls got jumped and we were like, okay, like what, what does this mean? Like we're about to be really visible um, with Sissy Ball and we, we need to come together. We need to like get ourselves out of the slump. We need to recover. We need to like celebrate ourselves. We need a space for healing as well. With only a few months until Sissy Ball, the community came together and Benji's first proper ball was a success. It was like super intimate and a lot of like, you know, when something something is so intimate, like a lot of more like magic can sometimes happen, you know? And it was just a moment for us just to kind of like also just check in, just all checking in with each other. Community is at the heart of Vogue Balls. This has been ingrained in Benji's understanding of the scene from the beginning. When she was young, Benji would watch YouTube videos of America's best dance crew 
and a group called Vogue Evolution with Vogue legend Laomi Maldonado. And I saw her in those videos like very early on and I was like, okay, I don't know what this is, I don't know what the history is, but it's like, here's like this like fierce woman and she's like giving all of this like, I shouldn't say fierce because actually in ballroom fierce is a bad word, but, <laughs> but, and she'll probably listen to this and be like, why are you calling me fierce? Um, but yeah, it was just like, like that kind of ferocity and energy that I had never seen reflect you know and have something that's like a reflection back to me so seeing a trans woman out there doing all of that it wasn't until benji moved to new york to study dance that she learned about the ballroom scene firsthand through her friends you know we were just kind of like street like you know very like new york kids and we'll go to the pr so yeah it's something i fell upon and i was like i really like this because i was struggling with my school i was struggling with all of this like kind of modern dance stuff and i needed an outlet and vogue soon became like this thing that i was like good at like you know like i was like naturally good at like i had this feminine energy i was it was something that was like very performative and we would just go out to clubs and I thought I was voguing, but I probably wasn't. And I was doing the most, but it was something like somewhere in there that I just, okay, this is my outlet while I'm at school. But there's more to ballroom than just dancing. It's so much more than a style of dance for me because it just comes from such a like rich history. And so many people that have pioneered it are so important to our community and sacrificed so much to create uh, not just like a style of dance, but a whole kind of vocabulary and a whole culture and a whole ecosystem that has given us a space to express ourselves and a space to be celebrated. So in that sense, I feel like I always have to acknowledge the history behind it and make, and make sure that people understand like, you know, where these expressions come from, where those words come from, where that movement comes from. And the people that we're talking about, you know, that they're trans women, they're sex workers, they're black women, they're people that are easily erased in, in of the overall culture. So it's important that we just keep on coming back to this. Like, you know, this was created at that time for this reason. And there was a reason why it was that lo looks like this today. An essential part of the ballroom scene is the houses. If you walk at a ball, you walk for your house. Your house isn't just about competition though. They offer queer people a family when many have lost their own after coming out. Older members with more life experience take up the role of mother or father. Benji learnt for herself how a her house worked and how a mother led a house late one night in New York. She was on her way home waiting for the F train to Crown Heights. This like house had like come on the platform I was like, this is definitely a house because like just the way that they're moving, you know, and they, the, and then suddenly one of them, Omari, who also came out here last year, clocked me and was like, look at her, look at her. They were reading me. They were like, oh, like, like damn, I thought she was fish, which was like, she was a cis woman. They're like, I thought she was fish, but I can, like, she's giving me something. And they all started clocking me, like, one by one, one, one. And I was like, oh yeah, I can see her giving this, blah, blah, blah. They're like so loud as well. I was just like pretending like I couldn't hear them. And then we all went onto the train. It was all packed, you know, like New York, like you're like in sardines. And they were like all talking about the ball coming up. I was like disagreeing with them because they were talking about, oh, you know, like Dada, he needs to walk for the first time. Like they were talking like that about stuff. And I was just sitting there like nodding my head. And then 
the house mother, Courtney, like turned to me and she's like, what you know about that? Like, you know what I mean? I was like, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was like, I'm just minding my own business. And she's like, no, baby. She's like, I'm about to scoop you up. And I was like, what? She's like, I'm about to snatch you. And what she meant was like, I, I, like, I see it for you. Courtney was Courtney Balenciaga, an icon in the Balenciaga scene with her own Kiki house. She invited Benji to come down to their practice session the next day. I didn't say it and you had a Vogue. So I sat down, they were all practicing and doing all of this. And I just kind of sat on the side like, oh my God, like, you know what I mean? And they were like, I want you to introduce you to Benji. Like I met her on the train. Um, she's like, you know, we're gonna have this, like, we're just gonna have a jam, you know, it's like a circle, you know, just do what, just do whatever you feel good, you know, for yourself. And I was like, okay, like acting all nervous. And then the beat <laughs> came on and then I was like, ta 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 and, and then they were screaming and she was like, I knew it, bitch. She was like, she was like and she was like telling the whole, like the whole house, like, I told you I got, the, I got the girl, like I got her. And then she grabbed me. She was like, are you transitioning? I was like, yeah, like I'm at my, I'm starting. She was like, fab. She's like, I'm gonna get you together. And then I was like, okay. And then she's got, you got two days to get your look together for the ball. Um, there's the Metallica ball. And yeah, that was my first time like walking in the house. And you know, she was like, I'm your mother now. Like that house, that Kiki house really showed me how to create a house here because you know like i had so much experience like with practicing with them and so that really helped me kind of form what this is benji and i are at duddy studios on enmore road it's an amazing building with an old wooden staircase like something straight out of the 80s movie fame these stairs lead up to rehearsal spaces classic wide open rooms with mirrors running along one wall Benji teaches classes here on how to Vogue, and it's where she hosted workshops in the lead up to the first Sissy Ball. Actually, just these stairs that we're walking up now, um, it's the first time like I met Laomi, oh. because we were running like this workshop with her on the first Sissy Ball. Laomi Maldonado, who Benji had spent her teenage years watching dance on YouTube, was in Sydney to see what the Australian and New Zealand Voguing community were up to, along with fellow Voguing legend, Deshaun. Um, you know, like, I remember these stairs were always, like, packed with people for our classes. And, um, Marty from Red, Red Bull had just picked her up from the airport to bring her to, <laughs> bring her to, uh, the studio. And I just remember being on these stairs and her walking up. Yeah. And then she was like, oh, you're Benji. She's like, you know, I, yeah. She's like, I stalked you. Like, she's like, you look good. <laughs> and um, yeah, that was the first time I met her and Deshaun. And so if these walls could talk, what would they have seen? Oh, they would have seen, okay. They would, <laughs> they would have seen all the girls just like giving all they could during those like first couple of workshops with Laomi and Deshaun. You know, there's a really beautiful moment where in Laomi's workshop where she was like, I've never seen this many, I guess, trans women in a ballroom community outside of New York. Because so many of the ballroom communities around the world, besides the one in Paris, are predominantly, I guess, cis women, hip hop dancers, kind of, less reflective of the New York scene. Voguing grew out of the 1970s ballroom scene in New York. And, you know, I was always told the story around, like, trans women in jail that were, like, incarcerated on Rockers Island, which is that little island of Manhattan, and that Voguing came from... There was a, a, 
a style formed within there as well. Like maybe it was the dance style itself because they would imitate these Vogue magazines. And then when they would go back into community, that was like, they would kind of bring that out. There was a famous drag circuit in New York that had been running since the 1930s with drag balls held regularly around the city. That were predominantly these, you know, white drag, drag performers. And also like maybe drag was a term that was like all encompassing of people that were drag, but also like identifying as trans, but we just hadn't evolved then as well. So, you know, these, these things were like, they had like people like Andy Warhol and that kind of stuff, they were there and uh, Crystal Beja got, she got scammed or whatever, like she got the title taken off, off from her. At that time, black drag queens had to whiten their faces with makeup to compete. Drag queens like Crystal Abeja called out the drag community for being racist when she lost to a white drag queen. A lot of people say that the origin from that is that, you know, it was Crystal Abeja, this overarching mother that was like, no, we gotta make our own scene, and then created these drag balls that were, I guess, more welcoming and more um, accessible for her community, and then created the House of Abeja. These balls evolved over time into today's ballroom scene. Ballroom became a haven for minority groups in the queer community, including trans women. When we think about transness and the evolution of transness, and you know, by the time we hit the 80s, like trans women were, they were being quite stealth. You know, we had like women like Tracy Africa. So from there, like, you know, like realness was a category and being real was so important to the safety of so many trans women. Then, in 1990, voguing and the ballroom scene was thrust into the limelight with Madonna's hit single, Vogue. As a kid in the suburbs of Australia, just like, yeah, that was, it was like, oh, this is voguing. And like, but I didn't know at the time that it was related to a whole subculture that was happening in America. You just sort of see Madonna doing it and you're like, oh, okay, I'm voguing. Like, you know, that's it, yeah. Yeah, when we first started voguing, that was the conversation that would always come back to us, like, oh, Madonna Vogue. And then we always had that, you know, that started like, no, it's not Madonna Vogue. With more awareness of voguing and ballroom, the scene began to spread around the world. Voguing was now a dance move being used by people everywhere, and not just in queer communities. A lot of the legends in New York and the icons, they're really used to going overseas and not seeing, you know, trans folk or queer people of colour, just being like, okay, this is just the scene here. So when Laomi saw the community Benji and her house had built in Sydney's ballroom scene, she was totally blown away. She was like, oh, you guys, I have never, she's like, I've never seen femme queens outside of New York. You know, she's like, she's like, what is going on here? She's like, I'm not all your mothers. Like, you know, she was really just like, really like thrown back about like, okay, you're doing something, something's happening here in this community. And it's something that's kind of also core of ballroom in New York that is being pioneered by, you know, trans women of color and like, and specifically here, like, you know, trans women from Asia and Pacific Islander backgrounds. Yeah. Like I have to give props to New Zealand because that's a lot of the, the beginnings of a lot of the women in my group and just, you know, and a lot of the ballroom women in Australia came from New Zealand. We have such a close connection between like Western suburbs and Sydney and the New Zealand spaces in like Auckland and stuff like that, like that go way, 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 way back like to online culture. So that really in infiltrated us and influenced us. 
Benji became mother of her own house, the House of Slay, after returning to Sydney and struggling to find that sort of community she'd had in New York. I, I was really craving community. You know, I joined a really big like hip hop dance crew called the Pioneers that were in the West. And a lot of the girls in that group were already voguing, but voguing in a different way that is not just like, just kind of like voguing competitively in like all styles battles and stuff okay. like that. So I really just kind of like got those girls together and were like, you know, we can actually carve this out. We can create balls, you know, we can have a family. And then they're like, cool. The House of Slay is made up of members with cultural backgrounds like Tongan, Samoan, Fijian, and Filipino. We have to keep on coming back, like, what's the context of, like, Australia Ballroom? Mm. Like, like, who are the pioneers? And, like, don't forget, like, within that, like, while carving out this culture for ourselves, that we don't, I guess, just implant something that's completely foreign to us. And then we keep on coming back, like, what are the categories? Like, how are we going to, like you know, customize these categories for us. And that means like, okay, we're having femme queen face, bring it in like a traditional, wearing something traditional, bring it like, you know, Polynesian face or something, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. something that always throws back to like who we are as people of color in the, in the yeah, in Australia and New Zealand. Hi everybody! In March 2018, with Mardi Gras in full swing, Benji threw the first sissy ball. Welcome to the sissy ball. It was an incredible moment because there, everything was just so first time. You know, first time is like beautiful. I wish we documented it more because there was so much, like so many ah moments. Red Bull and their team were really, really supportive and helping us get communities from New Zealand over as well. And that was really important because New Zealand has had their own thing going a little bit longer than us as well. So that was really, really nice. It was all so many first meetings, you know, so many times that girls would be meeting each other for the first time that had been talking online for years. Like, oh my God, we used to talk in high school about voguing and now we're finally like, we never thought we'd have a moment where we're embracing each other, yeah, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. so that was really, really crazy. The audience filed into Carriageworks in Redfern, a converted old industrial building with stories high ceilings and concrete floors. There was a runway erected down the middle of the room, the audience standing on either side, looking up at passing contestants as the judges sat at one end at a table. The crowd was different to the community events Benji had thrown. Mostly queer people and LGBTQI allies who found the event through Mardi Gras. But for many of them, this was their first encounter with a Vogue ball. And yeah, it was, it was a really, really beautiful moment. It was a beautiful moment for like the audience as well because they just stuck with it. You know, sometimes these are like falls can go for so long and they just like, they had this learning moment of like just being with it, you know, and not being like, okay, this is just like a one, like a little like performance. And then it's just like, this is, this is going on and on and on. <laughs> like, you know, you have to have, it's like that endurance. Yeah. Let's give it up. Is he ready? That first sissy ball was both thrilling and nerve-wracking for Benji. But there were some standout moments she'll never forget. Like when one contestant, Kilia, turned up late. So she told me that they were on, like, you know when your petrol is underneath 
like it's underneath empty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were on their way in like the M4 tunnel or something, and it was underneath empty. And she had no, no one had any money on them at that time. And she just like she's just like I have to win. Like I have to win the five hundred dollars to get home. <laughs> and then she won that category. And she also wanted to walk. Uh, like cultural runway as well, which is like bring it like do runway as in walking up and down. All she had was this specific Islander bag on her, but she ended up cutting it and wearing it as a dress <laughs> and put it on. She was like making the costumes behind backstage. It was so messy, and she got out there and I think she won as well. How she won was that she just came out there looking very like nothing has happened, like very like confident. And she walked out with this bag that was like falling off her skin. And then she knew it was falling off, but she didn't look bothered at all. And she just turned around and she just took the bag off. And she walked naked down the runway, everything tucked, everything very, and I was like, everyone was like, how is she, how is she naked and how is it all tucked? And she doesn't even look like she's like, she had her thighs like really tight in together. She wasn't letting anything fall out. And everyone was just like, gobsmacked that you couldn't believe that. Even though Benji was running the show, that didn't stop her from getting involved. I ended up walking schoolgirl performance, like Femme Queen. And the girl before me, she brought like a backpack on the lunch and she had like an apple and thing. And then I picked up the apple and I was like, and then I was like, I'm gonna walk this ball. And I came out and they're like, ooh, here she is, blah, blah. And I didn't know what I was thinking, but I threw the apple in the air. And I didn't even like, and I don't think it was just like the, the voguing gogs or something. Like they were just had my side and I was walking and I just like caught the apple. Like I was like, I started voguing and I caught the apple in mid air. And then I took a bite and I threw the apple and it hit someone in the audience. And someone was like, ah. yeah, that was a real bad moment. I literally, you have to walk away from those moments and be like, that wasn't me. I don't have the skills to catch an apple. That was the Vogue pioneers. Sissy Ball showed the world, and in particular, some of New York's ballroom legends, what Benji and her crew had built. Australia was officially on the ballroom map. But Deshaun and Naomi, they were really just, they were, I think they were blown away by like the spirit and like the determination. And like Naomi's always like, y'all have one of the, my, like my favorite scene is in Australia because Y'all are so community driven and you know, you, there's such, like, such positivity here. And Deshaun was just really patient. You know, he like would break everything down again and again and again for the audience, for us. And like Deshaun and Leomi became like mother and father of Borum's, like Borum scene in Australia. And some of my girls always like remind me of like, they're like, you know, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have been able to get into that house internationally. Or if it wasn't for you, like, we actually would never have met Naomi. And it actually, you know, and then, like, I just think, okay, like, I'm really, really grateful to the team of Red Bull for just, like, believing in me and also, like, just, like, being like, okay, yeah, like, let's, like, make this dream come true. Because that just, like, changed so much of so many lives. It's changed so many lives, honestly, and it's, like, it would have been just a different scene if we were to like just kind of carve it out ourselves. So it sowed some really important seeds, you know, for our community. Thanks for listening to If These Walls Could Talk. 
For more nightlife stories from the world of Red Bull, head to redbull.com forward slash nightlife.